Hello, may I welcome you to episode 46 of Moving Matters. I am your host, Colin Wynn. I hope Moving Matters will give you an insight into others working or have worked in this wonderful industry as I delve into their past, their present and their future. You will find a new episode of Moving Matters on the second and fourth Thursday of each month. In this episode, we discover that my guest began his full-time career within the industry some 40 years ago by joining the family business. We discuss his challenges, what he would change from his moving past, his high points, what changes he would make to the industry, the advice he would give starting out again, his predictions for the next five years, and what he does outside of the workplace. And as always, we end with a funny moving story. My guest this episode is Andrew Fahey, director of P. Fahey & Sons. Enjoy. Good afternoon, Andrew. Welcome to Moving Matters. Thank you for inviting me. You're very welcome. Can you tell everybody about yourself and the length of time within the industry? Well, I'm a little bit of a fraud in as much as I've been in a family business for 40 years this year, working in removals uh, as a young child, as you do. But I suppose predominantly I worked in, in a contract cleaning side of our business, but I've always been involved with the uh, the vehicles, the men, various things that are required and dealing with the corporate customers and so on. But more so in the last five years, I've been uh, following up with my children, trying to make sure we keep the company going after 65 years. So how did you get started in the industry? Uh, my dad got me in the back of the car and said, right, we're going out. So literally, it was a question of if you could lift and shift. Uh, we always tell the story of being taken on some of the office moves as young children because they could lo- load up that bit more sitters on top of the filing cabinet and make us press the buttons. So it was uh, a good way of doing <laughs> But, but, so that, that, but no, seriously, we, we just we were always, you know, my father was a real after my grandfather before him, uh, you know, and uh, weekends whenever we could be useful, we were working. And uh, as I say, I, I suppose a point in time for us, my, my elder brother and I was we used to get all the DSS jobs on a Saturday once he passed his test, and we saw a bit of life around Manchester then. Glad to come home and have our tea, and have the things that we've got. So it was good grounding, really. So can you tell everybody about your company and the services it offers? Fifi and Sons, well, I suppose if I go back, my grandfather started with a second-hand shop in Great Western Street in Moss Side and then took in the furniture from there that people didn't want. They got the first van and then, so today now we do commercial moves for the NHS, for the police, most of the major corporate bodies around Manchester and so on. There's probably not a building we're not worked in. We do lots of domestic removals. I'm pleased to say, and my children tell me that we're, Highly rated on Google somewhere on the line. (laughs) It's always good. Yeah, well, a good good percentage of people come to us for recommendation. Uh, We had one about three months ago who rang us up and said, you moved us last time. I said, when was that? 1967. (laughs) That's good. That's that's good memory. Yeah, I've got to say, and they remember my father doing the move. So uh, so he won't be there this time. But uh, (laughs) I think it's, you know, the, the, the services we offer, and it's still down to, to, to a mixture of things. You know, you've got to have good people, you know, people who go on the job and care about the job. You can't just send anybody out there, yeah. you know, and they've got to know what they're doing. I mean, you know, whether you're moving a chandelier or whether you're moving somebody's favourite sideboard or whichever, you know, they've, they've got to care about it and they're going to make sure it's put back in one piece, <laughs> you know, and, and, and that, that, you know, as opposed to a delivery man, you know, these guys, are, you know, I respect the experience that they've got. Oh, absolutely. 
So the company is 60 years old, or just over 60 years old, yeah? 65. But your family history goes back to the 1890s of being in the industry. It does. My my great-great-grandfather, as legend would have it, uh, went over to Chicago working for Wells Fargo. He was a horse whisperer. Anyway, his father took it, he came back, and uh, uh, they met my great-grandmother. And so the story goes, there's seven children. From there, my grandfather came over to the UK in the 1930s, thereabouts. If I've got this wrong, I apologise to family members, but you know it's like when you pass this information down. <laughs> build uh, different communities. But I think, in general, you know, we, we, we've always had a great respect for where we come from. You know, and, and I think that the, uh, the idea of being you know, around transportation, that sort of thing, for that length of time, you know, sits well with us. You used to do removals to and from Ireland. Is that something that's a regular service still today? or No. And I'll tell you, and it's only just changed simply because of the, well, uh, the mishmash of Brexit and, and, and all of the problems yeah. going on. We, we moved a customer over there. The wife was over there for about 12 months looking after the elderly mother. And the husband sold everything up over here to move over. We moved him over. Their goods stayed on the uh, custom side for about four weeks. And then she was fined somewhere in the region of a thousand euros, maybe just slightly less, because they classed her as a resident rather than somebody moving in. And oh wow, we just we just couldn't. I mean, I, I I offered to pay the money back to her, but she said no. At the end of the day, you know, we didn't. You can't price for that. You can't you can't put people through that. So at the moment we we're waiting and we're just observing, you know, how things it hopefully will improve as time goes on. I mean, I do know people, as I say, who are in obviously the international shipping industry who have had an awful time, but I also know people who, like everybody else, you, you find a way of managing these things. And and to be honest with you, we've had an awful lot to do here back in the UK. Yeah. So it's not, there haven't been many people moving backwards and forwards as they used to be. I've spoken to many movers that did European moves as such, and, and they've got them on the back burner at the moment until life gets just a little bit easier. Yeah. I think, well, A, it could be, be made less complicated by our, our partners overseas, but I think also we probably could have foreseen some of the things that, you know, we should know about and we should be able to uh, deal with far more easily. So what challenges have you had to overcome then, Andrew? <laughs> In life? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I think like everything else, look, if, if you're in a business, you're in a business and, and, and you know, the if you're running a business, uh, family, where whoever, you know, the, the, there are things that life throws that you, you weren't expecting. So, you know, your vehicle could break down tomorrow. You could have things going on in your personal life and so on. I think, I think for, for me, I suppose the biggest challenge is really over the years of, of keeping myself going, <laughs> being, being enthusiastic to carry on doing what we're doing. And thankfully, you know, I've been very lucky that way. So enthusiastic to keep doing removals? No, no, we, we, we have property. We have, we let property, we put our, our money to bricks and mortar over the years to make yeah. sure that we've got a, a, a good backbone. But from my children's point of view, I've got uh, four children in the business with my brother. And uh, as I say, we, we, we're keeping our options open because, as I say, that, that there's plenty of things when, when each scope of the business, even if it's just renting out containers or whichever, there's plenty for them to do going forward if they're enthusiastic and if they show a willingness to do it. Yeah, yeah. So if you could change anything from your moving past, what would it be? Uh, I'll tell you what I would change. I'd change conveyancing. I'd change the fact that a 
an estate agent can put a sold sign upon a building when it's not been sold. And I'd, I'd make it a damn sight easier for those people who are trying to move home and at the end of the day don't know whether they're coming or going. I think, I think during the stamp duty period, that really came to light because, you know, with all these discounts going on, people were trying to move and trying to put dates on things. And it was frantic, but at the end of the day, it could have made, made a damn sight less frantic by people just answering the questions that need to be answered within those skills. You know, and I, I think you, it, there's a recent article in the uh, Removers magazine where they highlighted the number of cancellations over the last year or so. And I think, you know, it's appalling for some people when they, you know, they, they've got everything lined up, they're ready to go and, and everything falls through. So I would change, oh, change absolutely. that. Okay, so that's one thing you would change. We'll come back to that one because that's a question I have for you a bit later on. But what would you change when you're moving past? Is there anything that you've done over the years that you think, no, I'd like to change that. I wouldn't do that one again. Or are you quite happy? I, th I think in, in general, look, we, 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 we've took on the things that we understand. I mean, there have been a few occasions where you get caught out. You probably didn't read the, the tender document correctly or, or maybe you've, uh, you, you know, you've, You've hit a particular problem that you couldn't have been aware of. But I think in general terms, we've always approached everything with caution and, and, and trying to do the best that we can. So I don't think there's an awful lot that I would, I'd look to change overall, no. So regarding the tenders then, are you predominantly commercial? No. More commercial than domestic? No, no, I'd say, I'd say about 60% commercial, 40% sort of domestic. Yeah. And, I, I, and that fluctuates, obviously, but we've got some long-standing clients you know on the commercial side yeah. who come back to us time and time again so what is your high point of being within the industry I thought, you know in the last couple of years being able to do what we've been able to do i think you know the pandemic has been a, a shocking situation for people to come to terms with in particular industries it's been dreadful but i, th I think we were you know from one day to the next, learning to adapt, learning to make sure that we keep our people safe, that we keep the customers safe. I mean, the British Association of Removers, in my opinion, have done an excellent job providing us with the health and safety guidelines and, 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 and keeping the industry going. I, I've, I've, I've enjoyed the challenge of keeping things moving as they are. And, and I, I think, as I say, it's been, and it has been a challenge. There's one particular client I was driving home at, about 5.30 in the evening and said, you know, I need some assistance. And, and I could have carried on home, but I said, well, do you want me to see you now? I turn around and, and next thing we've got 20,000 square foot of cubic feet, sorry, of, of, of furniture in our store. Uh, you know, wow. we're, we're working day and night. We're lads, you know, doing a 24-hour shift, which, you know, is hard enough to do, but an internal move on site. There's various things like that, that, that you know, and, and the way the lads have stepped up to the challenge as well. Yeah. Which is, has been good. But, uh no, and I also respect the fact that it hasn't been good for many people. So therefore, it's being grateful for what you've got rather than sort of trying to take advantage of it. So how is it these days then with COVID? It's still out there, but we don't need to take as many precautions or are you still taking the same precautions as you did two years ago? I think as far as PPE is concerned, obviously everybody's relaxed more about that. And I think it's yeah. become because of the, the, the again, the, the, the job they've done with all of the jabs and various things like that, then people are less prone to being, uh, you know, dreadfully ill with it, but it's still there. Yeah. And I still, you know, the, you, you can't, you go to a, a family gathering or whichever nowadays, and it's amazing the number of people that come away. A week later, it, it's gone to a whole group of people. So no, it's not gone away. And yeah. I think being, being careful around vulnerable people still matters. Although I do think in some respects, the better job than we are. <laughs> so, uh, <but laughs> even, even so, it, do, it doesn't negate 
you know, the possibility of a difficulty. And I'd hate to be the one that caused that. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And and, and you know, the guys are going in and out of houses on a daily basis. The last thing you want are the guys going into one house and spreading it onto somewhere else. And Absolutely. I mean, we, we, we were, again, I think, you know, in, in fairness, we had very few cases of that. Again, we were, we were given the guidelines, I suppose, from the start. You know, there was a small yeah. period of time where things were stopped, but very briefly. We worked, we worked for the NHS, so therefore, again, we were in the environment where we, we were probably more protected in some respects than, than in other environments. So, yeah. so you know, that, that, that certainly kept us busy. So apart from conveyancing, what else would you like to change in the removal industry? <laughs> um, I, th- I think, look... <laughs> If you can still do a removal job for a certain amount of money and the competition's there to make sure you have to, that's one thing. But I, th- I think that the conditions and pay for men uh, in particular, no, well, men and women nowadays, obviously within the industry, but I, th- I think that the paying conditions could be better. I think it's a hard graft job. You know, it's not something that you can avoid if you're working in it. And I think, as I say, it, in my opinion, we get more money, we can give more money. What conditions need to change though? I, th- I think okay, look, it, it, it's a, if you go into into a, a, I suppose the best place for the, the lads and, and sit amongst them and listen to uh, you know they're a hard bunch, but at the same time I don't think an awful lot's changed for them in the number of years I've been in the business. It's a it's a lot tidier. There's a lot more facilities available to a certain degree, but you know you try four thirty at night on a Friday when the customer's just got the key, and you know. It's just as easy for those lads to walk off a job like that because somebody's not actually done the job that they could have done to make sure things moved as smooth as they could. So I, th- I think there's certain aspects there, particularly regarding the staff, that I, that I would like to change. But uh, as I say, as far as I'm concerned, again, it's it's like everything else. You know, you deal with it on a day-to-day basis. You get used to it. and You know, but there has to be something behind you that says, okay, where and, and if, and if I can improve it only by making sure that we do them as much as we can behind the scenes then that's that's what we should be doing and the one thing that we can't do behind the scenes is guarantee that those keys will be bloody ready <laughs> well as i say you just need a bit of a soft ear when they come back because it could sometimes be with the same crew three times on the run and you know yeah. that's that's just that's just sad's law but i think i think ultimately again you know it's not just about that i think i think you know there are there are certain people we move for there's also different characters we move for you know, and, and I would say 99.9% of those people appreciate not only the, have they paid for the job, but they appreciate the job that's being done for them. You're, yeah. you're always going to get one. Oh, always. <laughs> Sometimes a little bit more than one. <laughs> so what advice would you give to yourself just starting out within the industry again? Well, it's not all about money. It's important. It's vital to what we do. But, you know, even Doing a job isn't about being the cheapest. It's not about being the getting the most you can out of a customer because they won't come back again if they find out you've done that. I think I think it's it's really just you know understanding what you've got to do, understanding the people you're dealing with, and and uh, as I say, from my point of as a young fella, you know you run it like a bullet a gate. I mean, I can walk as far as I used to run uh, nowadays. Uh, not all the time, but I can I can certainly do that. <laughs> you know, and 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 I, I think it's it's just like everything else. We, we, we've all I think there's more distractions for the young people coming in in any industry nowadays. You know, it's not just about uh, we, we had less to, uh, I suppose, distract ourselves with. But no, I, I, I think you know we we just I was very very 
anxious and very, very nervous to make sure the job was right. Whereas nowadays, you know, once you've got that experience, you can you can say to a young fella, look, just calm down. This this will be done. <laughs> as easy as that. Uh, sometimes it is because at the end of the day, if you've got their respect and you've got the the you know the the, the, the fact they trust you, then yeah, I think you can do it. But you've got to earn that. You can't just expect it. Oh, definitely got to earn it. So bringing the youth into the industry now, you said earlier off the record that your children are in the business. Yeah. Are they starting off on the vans? Uh, the the <laughs> it's going to sound very sexist. This uh, the girls are in the office. Yeah. One's doing the accounts. The other one is doing the administration. Uh, working alongside the other staff. And then we've got the two lads, uh, Johnny and Joe. Joe, basically, he's the 18-year-old. He's just passed his test earlier this year and is now on an apprenticeship to do his HGV. Cool. Which is good. Johnny, as I said, went to university, knows his stuff. So, again, he just wants me to let him off the leash. But like, like any, any father in this industry, you're just uh, biding your time to make sure that, that, that you know, hopefully, he, he, like both of them, they learn the things they need to learn, the basic things. And reining him back at the moment then. I think he feels that, and I think I feel that he feels that. <laughs> so how long do you reckon that you'll leave them on the trucks before you then let them loose within the business itself? Well, John, Johnny, Johnny's working in the office, the oldest lad. He, he can, he's right. very good with the customers and things like that. But Joe, I think, as I say, at the moment, he's started full-time. So he, he's just really cutting his teeth on, on, on doing that side of the job. He, as, a young, as a young lad, they'd all go out doing the mills as we did. Uh, yeah. But I think, as I say, I'd, I'd, I'd give it a year or two. And I want to get him driving the vans and the bigger vehicles in particular because that's another option for him. If ever he feels his dad isn't doing what he should be doing or pay him enough, then uh, he's got another option. <laughs> oh, yeah, because truck drivers today can earn a small fortune, apparently. They can, they can. I mean, if you read the press. It's whatever he wants. I, I, don't, I, mean, I come from a background, as I say, of being in a family business. Sometimes you've got to grab the job yourself and get on with it. If you're allowed to do so, and other times they say you feel as though you're entrapped and you can't necessarily make the decisions you want to make. So I'm not here to argue. I'm here to try and encourage. Well, it's another option, isn't it? If the boys have got a HGV license and all of a sudden you know, there's a job come on, there's a couple of porters, but they haven't got a driver available, they can jump in the cab and off they go. And equally so with the girls. I mean, you got, I mean, yeah, Amy, my, my eldest uh, in the business, she, she does our accounts. She's a trained accountant. Came back into it just as my granddaughter she had the granddaughter and she took a career choice of coming working with us. So, yeah, and another one on the way. So, uh, basically, that works well and allows her the freedom of movement around bringing the children up to a certain degree. So, and then Alice, the younger daughter, she's uh, basically, she's worked in administration in various other places, come back in and uh, very customer orientated. So, she does well. And we've got some good experienced people around me, Ian, Ian and Lynn in the office, you know, who don't suffer fools gladly. So, at the end of the day, they're a good... You know, they can ground them. I, I don't need to do it sometimes. <laughs> Not that it needs to be done, but even so, you've got that experience there. Do any of the daughters fancy doing sales side of it, surveying? It, it's an option going forward. I, I think probably not necessarily Amy, but uh, Alice could potentially do it. I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm of an age where things like uh, you read all sorts of uh, difficult stories and things that go on, and I, I don't like them being lone workers in that way. Yeah, maybe I'm a bit sexist, a bit old-fashioned, but uh, they are my daughters. No, I don't think you're being sexist or old-fashioned at all. I mean, it is it is a worry out there. You know, generally in the industry, the salesperson is male, but that you do get the old female in there. But you do also think, well, hold on a minute, there's a female going into a house in the middle of the countryside. What could happen? Yeah, 
uh, it's like that. I mean, you obviously check it what you can, but I mean, you, you know, as I say, I, you've seen things going over the years. So no, it's not it's not predominantly something we're, we're looking to try and do, but it, it is an option going forward. She will tell me that I'm not being fair and not allowing her to do it more than I'd be encouraging her to do it. So <laughs> if, that, if that drops up, if she listens to this podcast, she will anyway. <laughs> so where do you see yourself and the industry in the next five years? Let's start with yourself. I, as, as a grandfather, I, I, I'm, I'm in it now, really to encourage the kids. Yeah. You know, we, we've worked over the years and, and, you know, tremendously hard in some respects, but in other respects, you know, nothing that we, we, we didn't want to do. So maybe I'm due a bit of a break in the next couple of years. I don't know. But uh, what I'd like to be able to do is, is to see the, the guys grab hold of it in a way where they can work together and, and, uh, and make, an, make a living out of it. Do you see yourself doing like maybe cutting down to three days a week or something, and just but just keeping your eye in? Yeah, it, it's, it's possible. I I, I think um, I mean I, I decided after my brother persuaded me after a long period of time to sort of uh, uh, stay at home on a Thursday, and I work hard on a Thursday. I work any other day of the week, so <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's because you probably don't get any interruptions. But I, I was as a kid, I was a seven day a week and, and, and doing you know twelve fourteen hour days. I didn't particularly balk at that as my wife said to me one time when i married you i married the job so uh, that's just how it is but and, and was that installed into you from your father then i, I well they're a great inspiration my father and my yeah. grandfather i mean my grandfather's famous phrase was there wasn't a day i didn't get up and try and improve myself right when he came up from the west of ireland he, i said to him what were your qualifications and he had to use a shovel yeah. a little bit more than that but basically he, he you know and he, he came into an environment where he wasn't particularly welcome in some places being of Irish descent, but that you know, when I asked him about it, he said, "Well, just got on with it." So, yeah. so, so that, that that's the one element of it. Then my father, as I say, he's, he's a he's a he's eighty years of age now. During during lockdown, he bought himself a one ton digger, <laughs> but, you know, it, as you do, as you do, yeah. So, it, but he's never never short of ideas, never short of enthusiasm. Maybe not got he's he, he's gets a bit upset because he's not got the energy that he used to have. Yeah, but he's not short of ideas, that's for sure. And you know, you, you have you have to look at that and admire that. At the end of the day, why would you want to keep thinking and, and doing things like that? Well, the other alternative is you sit down on a chair and do nothing. Yeah, which is something I can't do, that's for sure. Absolutely. So where do you see the industry in the next five years then, Andrew? It's a strange one. Um, mm. There's a lot of van and men took up the, the job since the pandemic and so on. Um, and how are you finding that? It's a different type of competition, I suppose. I mean, there'll always be something to do with the vehicle if, you, if you're willing to work hard enough. You know, and, and fair play to them, as I say, that they've changed from clerical jobs into, into things like that. And, and it may be transient. It may be, be something that sticks. I think in our kind of job, you know, a certain number of men, a certain number of people uh, in five years' time, I can't see it being done any differently. People aren't suddenly going to float to filing cabinets out of buildings or anything like that. So there's, there's nothing, uh, nothing new coming there. Whether, whether Elon Musk can think of something spectacular. Oh, no, we're working, we're working on drones to take out the, um, the filing cabinets. And... Yeah, well, <laughs> And you've got to get the people. Well, that'll be the kids that'll operate those. But no, I, I don't see so many. I mean, things like the Clean Air Act that's come in, yeah. Manchester, which has been a, unfortunately been a disaster. Not just in the way it's been managed. I, I think the you know it, it sets people's sort of blood boiling. If, if you certain we, we we complied with it, we did everything we could do with it. They saw the change coming, and I I could see the reason for it. What we didn't see was the fact that you know they, they're going to let the grants out at the last minute, so everybody's scrambling to the same small door. And then all of a sudden change their minds. Hmm. That's the kind of introduction that, that I think is, 
you know, it's unfair in some respects if it's not thought through properly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, as I say, I do get the reason behind it about grandchildren coming up. We all read what we read in the papers. Some people don't believe it at all. But I, I think, you know, you, you've got to pay homage to the fact that the days of that big old rusty van bellowing out smoke heading up the Mancunian Way really need to be gone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So is electric vehicles the future? I've got one. <laughs> I'm dry. I, I, I bought one. It brings along a different set of fear, really. But so, no, no, I, I do like that kind of thing. I, 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 again, the infrastructure's got to be right and the ability to use the vehicles for the length of time you need to use them for to pay off the, the amounts you need to pay off for them. So, for example, if you've got the transit vans, you know, if you're going to, someone else at least purchase it and they're restricted to 9, 10, 11,000 miles a year, well, you might as well park it up. It's got to be doing more than that to be able to make its pay. Yeah. So, so I think there's one or two things that, you know, we need to look at. That's how things, but everybody, again, everybody's rushing to the same door. I think you've got to just stand back a little bit and see what happens with the technology. I think, you know, that, that hopefully that they'll improve on that with the battery lives and things like that and be able to uh, use these vehicles that are, as they're intended. Otherwise, we'll all be suffering from range anxiety. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, I, I've had a bit of that. I went down to Salisbury about uh, two months ago and uh, after having stood at a, a charging station for an hour and found out that I'd, uh, it didn't actually work. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I decided to call up Ford where I got the car from and they, they basically... Uh, said just bring it in we'll put it on ours so they did very kindly <laughs> so but, uh, i understand it but no no i think around town or around your job where you're working and so on within a certain radius you know and you've got your charges at home now yeah or, or the workplace I, th- I think there's plenty of scope for people to be uh, to be using vehicles like that do you foresee any other changes in the next five years for the industry i, I think look technology is coming in all sorts of different ways the way vehicles are governed and managed, yeah. you know, from a distance, you know, that again can be used for various different things that you're doing. But I, I, th- I think ultimately, you know, the men working in the industry, there, there will be less of them. I think, I think that the, the experienced people, I wouldn't say it's so much take for granted, but certainly that have been the backbone of the industry. Mm. They go out there and do the job on a day-to-day basis. You know, unless you can pass that knowledge on, there, there's going to be a gap, you know, where you, you, you have young people, do they really want to go out and graph like that? You know, the youth so, of today definitely don't. Well, you say that, you know, fairness miles get stuck in. And, I, you know, we've all seen the new lad who can't even walk across the yard after three days because he's done more physical work than he's done in his life. <laughs> it's a sort of a badge of honour to a certain degree. But one <laughs> initial pain, like going back to the gym, you know, it, it, as we used to say, it's better than the F-plan diet. <laughs> totally. And, and you get paid for it as well. Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. So what do you do outside of the industry to switch off then, Andrew? Kids and family, really. I think um, nothing better than a Sunday roast for the kids and, and getting them all around the table. We, we've six, three boys and three girls, yeah. Uh, so it makes life interesting. And, and as I say, the family to me, uh, uh, that's what we do it for. That's how I was brought up. We were brought up by lovely parents who, who did that and that for us. So, you know, it's not, not difficult for us to understand it or pass it on. Must have a Sunday lunch myself one day. I haven't had one of those for a long time. <laughs> There's a technique to it. <laughs> Not all as glamorous as it looks, I tell you. And finally, I like to end my podcasts with a funny moving story. Do you have one or more to tell? Well, I, I mean, I, there's one that's, that's a bit of a choice one. But when I, when I was young, it was a bit more basic years ago when I started off as a kid. And I always remember the story of Jock, one of the lads. He, was, he wished to work with his own sons, actually, on one of our vehicles. And uh, 
he had a, a modus operandi of whatever he arrived at a customer's house, he'd have the newspaper on his arm and head straight to the loo, which is not <laughs> a thing to do. <laughs> so the lads one day got a bit sick of this and dropped him off at the wrong house. Oh, no. You know, the poor old lady that answered the door, he said, we're here to move. He walked straight in and, and barked himself. <laughs> they had to lock themselves in the van when he came out. He was shopping mad. But, you know, because she said, I'm not going anywhere. So anyway, that was, that's, that's when I... <laughs> <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't there, but, but that, that, that's the kind of stuff. But, you know, the, it's a very black humour in, in terms of, or dark humour, should I say, in terms of how, our, <laughs> how people operate. And, and you know, the, you can't flinch. It's almost like, you know, it, it's like a, something that smelled its prey to a certain thing. If a lad comes out with the wrong thing in the cabin in the morning, that's it. He's, he's done for for a week. <laughs> I absolutely love that one. <laughs> Short and sweet is lovely. Anyway, those are the kind of things I was brought up on. There was a lot more basic in those days. <laughs> anyway. Well, Andrew, yeah. many thanks for giving up your time this afternoon to record an episode of Moving Matters with me. I truly appreciate it. Well, no, thank you. Thank you for asking me. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thanks, Colin. You take care. I sincerely hope you enjoyed episode 46 of Moving Matters. Please rate, review and subscribe in your favourite podcast player of choice. And please tell your industry colleagues about Moving Matters. My thanks and appreciation go to Andrew Farhey of P. Farhey & Sons for giving up his time to record this episode. Thank you again, Andrew. If you would like to know more about P. Farhey & Sons and the services they provide, then you will find links in the show notes for this episode and on our webpage, movingmatterspodcast.co.uk. And please, if you have a funny moving story that can be relayed to our listeners or you would like to be a guest on the podcast, then do reach out to me by completing the contact form on our webpage, movingmatterspodcast.co.uk. Well, that is all from me. So until next time, keep moving. <laughs>